Busy as a global co-working and conference community, we've had our fingers on the pulse of co-working since 2012, and we've connected thousands of operators, both in person and online. On the Juicy Podcast, we talk with the people making it happen day in and day out. Let's get to it. Well, welcome back to the Juicy Podcast, you guys. I'm so excited. I cannot believe I have never had Jamie Russo on my podcast before. What is happening, Jamie? I don't know how we let this happen, Liz. But here we are. I'm so glad we to are. be here. Thanks for having here me. Well, thanks for joining me. Okay, so just for fun, to switch stuff up, because Uh-oh. I've known you for so long, I decided to have a little true or false with Jamie oh, no. Russo this morning. Are you yes. ready? I'm ready. Here we go. It is early go for me, so go easy on me. Okay, okay. I have had no coffee yet. I'm just saying, I have not had my cappuccino yet. Oh my yet. God, we might have to pause and let you get something. Okay. Golden doodles are the best dog breed in the world. True or false? True, true, true. Is it true or true or false? You found your business partner at Juicy. Oh, I did find a business partner at Juicy. Totally true. I love that story. It's so serendipitous. Yeah. Yeah, we will get there. We will get okay. there. Okay, so co-working is in the real estate industry. Uh-oh. Uh, I'm going to say false. Co-working is in the hospitality industry. True. Oh. Uh, you have attended over 10 Juicy events. Is that true? No. I think it is. I think it is. I would have, I did not attend the first year I was business, in business. I opened in 20, January of 2012. And you would have been, I think, in Austin that year. So I did, Uh and it was in March. I also had, my daughter was not one yet. Oh my gosh. Crazy. But she's almost 12. So you might be right. I think I'm right. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Okay. You are a competitive CrossFit athlete. True. I'll flex even though we're not on video. (laughs) Girl, guys, she's ripped. True or false? You have run screaming from a remote hot tub in the hills of Sun Valley. Wait, run screaming? I don't remember running screaming. I'm, I mean, this because is the Jerome Pants freezing. story. Yeah, this is the Jerome Pants story. But, but it was like, we were so cold. <laughs> yeah. That was, y'all, that was, that was such a great trip. Yeah. We're in Sun Valley, Idaho. So there you go. That's where that comes from. You know, so, Mara's daughter's getting married in Sun Valley. I know. I love that. Fun. Yeah. So cool. I need to book my trip. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. okay. Was- no. First questions first. How are you as a human, not your business, not your podcast? How is Jamie Russo? Oh, wow. I'm good. Yeah, I think I'm good. I mean, I have an adolescent in the house. So that's yeah. why I was like, I cannot be late for this call. She's late for all the things. I'm like, we need to get that <laughs> out, girl. <laughs> I'm good. I saw that we saw the Barbie movie last night. I saw it yesterday. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, yesterday. I mean, I hadn't seen it. I was really surprised. I didn't really know much about it. I cried. Mm-hmm. I had some I did tears. Too. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. like, wait, I'm not prepared for this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It was just really, yeah, I mean, it was very funny and Mm -hmm. thought-provoking and disturbing and all the things. So Yeah, I loved all of the double meanings. Mm -hmm. I think it's a really smart movie. I think everybody should have to see it. And I want to read some articles more about some of the hidden meanings that maybe I didn't catch. My only critique is I could do with less song and dance. I'm just not a musical person. Oh, you are so funny. Okay, but true or false, you have written a film script or drafted one. I have. 
That mm-hmm. is like, there are no musical moments in it. Definitely not. No, but I take your like sort of critique with some weight because your brain kind of thinks that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's funny. Okay. Yeah. So it should be required for everybody. If you haven't seen it, y'all go see it. Okay. So as a consultant, prolific podcaster, trainer, expert, former operator, Lexi president, and OG in the industry, I'm curious, what's the question you get asked the most? Oh, wow. Hmm. What do I get asked the most? I feel like I don't get the questions that I want to, I want people to ask. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. What should they be asking you? Yeah. I want people to really ask about numbers. I want people mm-hmm. to, be, that's my passion. I want people to be really focused on what makes this model work. Right. Yeah. And to know if they're experimenting with something, which we'll probably get into, because I think as we move more towards hospitality, what does that look like in terms of a business model? Right. Like your true false question is tricky. And I don't know if you wanted me to (laughs) ask the real estate so we could argue about it. There's certainly a lot of real estate folks getting into the business. I do think Mm -hmm. it's a business about humans and that's Mm -hmm. where the, the value is created. Right. But how do you create this experience that we, you know, people want today and still make the business model work. How do you make money? You know, right. doing this Yeah, thing. yeah. Oh, well, you know, yeah. it's really interesting. I had a really great deep dive with Nick Clark on the podcast earlier because he was like, we have a problem. It is like the best kept secret and that a lot of people aren't making money. And, you know, I tell people all the time that this is a very hard business. Yeah. It's incredibly complicated. And that, yeah, I think more focus on the numbers is better. You know, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to that, you know, fell in love with a building and they're like, I know I'll put in co-working and they didn't run the numbers and they come, you know, screaming to a juicy being like, ah, what do I do? And it's like they didn't do the basic stuff. I'm also a huge advocate for write your business plan because I feel like that forces you to do the numbers. and it makes you find out what you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think my fear is that some folks get really passionate about doing this business and they sort of want to put the earmuffs on about the numbers. Like, right. You don't want to do the numbers because I don't want <laughs> to tell me no. Right. You know? We get a lot of, I'm sure you do too, in your membership and the work that you do, mm-hmm. folks that want to do childcare. That's a really hard model. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I want a really, really know those numbers. It is a problem that we need to solve. But how, mm-hmm. yeah, how do you solve it within the context of co-working? I just don't want people to go bankrupt. You know, mm-hmm. if you're an Aspen owner yeah. and you own the building and, you know, experiment with something and it doesn't work, maybe you have a little more wiggle room. But if you're leasing, as you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I, that's why I think conversations with you are so much fun because we've both like gone to bed with a P&L under our pillow. Totally. But now see so many macro, you know, mm-hmm. aspects business. So what is the number one mistake you see people making? It's the numbers. It's doing, you know, just not paying attention to the numbers. Yeah. The space is too small or, you know, I'm working with an asset owner and they are either I was on the phone with their team and their CFO and they're like, construction costs are really high. You know that Mm -hmm. interest rates are really high. So their construction costs came in much higher than they thought they would, but we're going through the numbers and I'm like, okay, I'm sorry, but your FF&E is coming in at $40 a square foot. <laughs> so they 
people make all these assumptions, right, about mm-hmm. what, what people spend or what's normal. They don't ask. And I'm like, OK, well, that's like twice as much as industry mm-hmm. standard. Who are you serving? And is there an ROI on that? No, is the obvious answer. There's no ROI. Yeah. I spend 40 bucks a foot on, you know, FF&E. But like, yeah, so even folks who are sophisticated, right, and know how to run mm-hmm. P&Ls, they just they make a lot of assumptions. Mm-hmm. Uh, about works and, and what doesn't work. So that, that yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I, is probably the the mistake. And it's usually related to numbers that impact mm-hmm. profitability. Yeah, you yeah. should definitely be running your PL by folks in the industry before you launch. And speaking of which, you do a lot of different things now, Jamie. Can you tell us like what you're working on? Like you have like a training program and you have multiple podcasts and you are consulting. I see you all over the place. So tell us where your focus <laughs> is. Uh, yeah, well, a, a lot going on. I think part of that, and you too, I mean, events, you have your membership. We should talk a little bit more about what you're up to. I mm-hmm. think there's a lot of change in the industry right now. So kind of mm-hmm. trying to support that and sort of figure out where to make the biggest impact. I've been running the startup school for since 2018, I think. And, you know, to to the point on numbers, we actually just, I just sort of reworked the program and I said, we're going to force people through a phase one. And phase one is validating your model. So mm-hmm. you got to run all the numbers. Who are you serving? You got to do sample layout. You got to pick the size. But it didn't sell as well as I thought it would. <laughs> right. Because people don't want to know. Like people don't want it. I know. That's not fun. I think it might be one of those, like, you got to sell people what they think they want and then, mm-hmm. you know, get them to do what they don't want to do. So I love that program because it's independent operators and that's where my Mm -hmm. passion is for sure. I've seen a lot of inbound from asset owners who have gotten the phone call from IWG. I'm sure you're getting Mm -hmm. those calls too. Like, okay, IWG wants to do a management agreement on my building. What does that even look like? You know, and that's very real estate focused back to your very Mm -hmm. near first questions. So that is sort of an interesting I am doing some of that work because there's so much of it right now. But I was just thinking this morning, like, that's not going to be a thing, I don't think, forever. It's just like a kind of a right now piece. And with the state of commercial real estate, asset owners, I mean, I feel for I feel for asset owners who've got assets yeah. that have eat out, right? I mean, mm-hmm. not it's not there are reasons for that that are valid. But I think if I'd invested in commercial real estate and was in that role right now, I'd empathize for that for a little bit. So and then we run the Community Manager University program, which I also love. I know you have a passion for that group, too. They're the mm-hmm. heart and soul of the space. Totally. Yeah. So it's a training and development platform, and we it's a community for them. We try to keep them really up to speed on all the cha- the CMRA changes and Google business changes and kind of all the nuts and boltsy stuff of the role. Um, what else are we doing? You know what I'm doing that I don't know if we've talked about very much? Maybe you know because of Geo, but... Payne and I are trying to teach brokers how to sell flex. So we're doing that. Which I love. It's interesting, right? Yeah, it's really very much needed. And I really commend Avis and Young for being proactive about it. They, Mm -hmm. we've been running this program and Charlie Morris brought us in when we were there and they've continued the program and it's going very well and they're getting some really good wins out of it. Other brokerages, like, I mean, brokerages are in a tough spot right now with Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, so let's talk about that. I believe in the next two to three years, we're going to see just a real estate crash 
And that will be bought, that's bought on by people are not going back to the office. We're never going to go back to the way it was. COVID was the accelerant we needed to put the fourth industrial revolution into action. Here we are, as I said, in 2015, it's because of the changing nature of work. And that's what's happening here is there's a changing nature of work. And so, you know, these real estate folks have had this luxury of running their same model and not innovating forever. And now they're in a bad place. And the problem is the majority of U.S. leases are going to come due in the next three years. And so we're just going to see massive amounts of real estate getting turned back to banks, which could lead to a banking crisis, which, you know, this this is not looking great for real estate. And, you know, unfortunately, it's ripe for a disruption. It's time for change. The current way that we're building buildings is terrible for the environment. We're not utilizing all this real estate. Like, honestly, is it a bad thing short term? Yes. Is it a good thing long term? You better believe it. But, you know, what should we be doing now, right? What should operators be doing now knowing that this is coming? Because, you know, I also believe, and I know I sound like the Pollyanna of co-working, but co-working is going to be fine in this because we're providing space where people can get community and belonging, whereas space for the sake of space is not going to survive this. No, I think that's right. And I think I spend a lot of time sort of thinking about that model, like the very traditional floor plan of like really dense offices makes money mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. but like yeah yeah is that around forever i mean there's segment there's segments right there's segmentation mm-hmm. of market which is one of the most fun things about co-working is you mm-hmm. can you know spaces are creative created to serve different people with different needs and different interests mm-hmm. um so i think that's wonderful. And maybe there will always be a segment for sort of traditional space that's on demand, you know, all the things that we see. But what your question is, oh, what should operators be doing? I think, well, you're the futurist, so we should get (laughs) in your perspective. I need to have you on the podcast because now I just want to turn all the questions around and ask you the same thing. I think really thinking about yeah, what's it's hard though. What's next? And what do people mm-hmm. want? And what are people going to buy? And I think to your point, it may not be exactly what's being sold today. And to our earlier discussion, what's the financial model behind it? I know I keep talking about mm-hmm. numbers. I also, I what because my concern is like, we're the reason people will leave their home is some sort of experience, right? And community, mm-hmm. and not like something they cannot some people cannot work at home right but mm-hmm. some work at home and don't want to be at home and that's mm-hmm. a lot of inertia there like to stay at home so how do you get people you know out, what, what's the reason people are going to come out of their house it's going to have to be something special and how do you create that and and what is the underlying model there like i love food and beverage i love you know mm-hmm. community managers who can focus on the people not on all the mm-hmm. admin and the ops and so i think thinking maybe a few things one where do they locate and you know i think we're starting to see 
you know, those shifts, unfortunately, for some folks locate, I mean, Austin's a, an exception, right? Austin downtown's like mm-hmm. on fire. Florida's mm-hmm. on fire. San Francisco is not, right? If you mm-hmm. run a shared workspace in San Francisco, although you have to come, you know, do you see that Industrious opened a location in a night? Yes. Right? Yes. Well, I think, well, and it's in partnership with Ikea. Yeah. Like, I, so cool. I, that's so interesting, right? So interesting. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, I think, I think, you know, it's interesting. I, one of my hypotheses was that cities that aren't as walkable are not doing as well in the comeback. Um, but it's a little inconsistent because actually, I wouldn't say Austin's downtown is very walkable and yeah. Austin downtown is done okay. I would consider DC very walkable and it hasn't done not that done great. Well. Yeah. Chicago, yeah. not that walkable, not done great, you know? So it's interesting because it yeah. is definitely are hard to get in and out of. I think Chicago yeah. downtown is actually very walkable. I just think it's not, I, I don't know if you don't have to go, it's a lot of work to get there. Hey there, breaking in here to tell you about our upcoming conference. Join us in London this November for Juicy UK. We'll discuss the latest trends and innovations in the co-working and flex space world. In addition to our awesome sessions, attendees will be able to network with industry leaders and providers. We'll round out the Juicy experience with a happy hour and tour of local co-working spaces. Whether you're a space operator, investor, developer, vendor, or just co-curious, Juicy UK has something for you. Mark calendars and plan to join us in London on November 2nd and 3rd. See you there. Yeah. It's right, same with San Francisco. Right. No, I'm, you know, where I live. I mean, it's not that far, mm-hmm. but it is a little, I got to get myself to the train. I, it's a commute. It'd take mm-hmm. a bunch of time. But I well, that's the day. thing is we're not willing to commute anymore. Or right. you really faster your commute in before, whereas you were doing yeah. the commute, you just weren't annoyed about it. Yep. <laughs> you know? But I think that's now a real like, challenge. Right. And I think, so back to your question about what should operators be thinking about, like one right location how close to like where people live can you get, right? But still mm-hmm. have serve enough people for the model to work. Two, what are you offering? And yeah, what are you selling? Like, and what does mm-hmm. that experience look like? So that when people come, they keep coming because if it's just mm-hmm. space, it's like, well, I got space at home. And sometimes the space at home is easier, right? Like podcasting, you probably go through this. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> you gotta have the, you gotta have the right setup. I can't have a bunch of noise. Mm-hmm. I gotta be able to get into a meeting room. And so, yeah, where are they locating? What are they offering and how do they make that work? Again, like food and beverage. I love that. Any sort of like hospitality, mm-hmm. like there's a lot of things I would like to see done at work. I think there are things people do at work that, that are hard to do, like wellness. You know, I mm-hmm. think actually pretty challenging to activate in a workspace and monetize. So mm-hmm. I just think we're going to go through this period where people are experimenting and we'll see failures, you know, on that model. Mm-hmm. I would love, I love it when like the industrious is experiment so we can sort of, because they have some right. more room. And then three would be, hold on. I said, where do you look? Oh, three would be the role of your team. Because mm-hmm. I, th- I think about this a lot and I bet you do too with the folks, operators that, you know, you work with, like the, the community manager role for so long in Stormy was like this, all the things, all the hats, you know, you do yeah, all of it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's an incredible amount of pressure. And I don't think you can execute really on a hospitality model when you have mm-hmm. you know, one community manager who's for a smaller space. I mean, you have multiple if you have a bigger space. How do you shape those roles? And again, factor that into the cost, you know, into your P&L. Mm-hmm. 
to deliver on that. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, our friend Brad in Hub Australia has done some really cool things. I've mentioned this multiple times on the podcast, but like he finally got a suburban space where he traditionally been in the CBD and he was doing things like grocery delivery and meal, meal prep services. Like what are, you know, I really encourage operators to be thinking about what are the things that would surprise and delight you if your workspace provided or that you yourself would love. Yeah. Right. So like if somebody was offering me, you know, car detailing, I'd sign up. Oh, my God. (laughs) You know, yes. You know, that that would be amazing. And that doesn't have to be an expense, right? That could be a partnership and you do it on Wednesday. You have Mm -hmm. to be creative. And yeah, because, again, that you're not going to get that at your house. Like, yes, you could call somebody and arrange for that. But if you're at a co-working space and somebody's like, hey, on Wednesday, the car detailing guy is going to be here who wants it. You know, that's kind of amazing. So, you know, the thing is, is you have to be better than home. Now, I would submit that just by having other people there, you're better than home. Yeah. And that's the thing, like, I really crave the interactions, yeah. the random chats that you have around the coffee pot. Yeah. We need to stop saying water cooler. Nobody has one of those anymore. That's one of those. The conversations, like I find out about new apps. I find about new stores. I find yeah. about new restaurants. I find out about my community by going into my co-working space and being part of a community. Now, they're still missing ring lights and giant monitors, much to my chagrin. Yep. People get those. They We all have them at home. Oh, my husband will not go to a co-working space because, right, he refuses to leave his giant monitor. Yeah. Like, yeah. Give him giant like, monitors, they people. They're not him. expensive. Yep. They're like 200 bucks. Yep. It's amazing. Get, yep. Put them everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy. Okay. So I love listening to your podcast, but can you tell us the difference between everything co-working and flex and sensor? Oh, Besides sure. the very obvious geo. <laughs> totally. Okay. So the original Everything Coworking podcast is pretty, I think of it as being very practical, like mm-hmm. tips and tools. I want people to have pretty tangible takeaways from that podcast. And Flex Uncensored is exactly that. Uncensored conversations mm-hmm. with industry thought leaders. So it's maybe a little, you know, higher level, bigger picture trends. Uh, mm-hmm. And a little more on the personal side. I love mm-hmm. hosting with Gio because he's so amazing at getting people's personal stories. And I think there are people who just really love listening because they get to know people a little bit more on a personal level. So still yeah. educational, but m- more personal and maybe, you know, mm-hmm. a more bigger picture. Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, cool. And y'all make sure you follow both of those as well, because if you're listening to the Juicy podcast, you should be listening to those as well. So back to San Francisco real quick. How are things in San Francisco these days? I have not been in a co-working space in some time in San Francisco, but it's tough, I think. Mm. Yeah. I, again, I would ask futurist Liz, maybe these are not the kinds of things. <laughs> it's really challenging, though. I mean, the there's just a lot of, you know, there's a lot of homelessness there. And it's a hard city. You have to cross a bridge to get into it. Mm-hmm. You don't on the peninsula. But so people don't want to go in. I mean, I think mm-hmm. your point over the next few years, there's going to be 
a lot of vacancy, which will be really challenging for the city. So there's a, just yeah, a lot of like political, socioeconomic stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And, but it's such a fantastic city. It's sad. It's a, yeah. 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 I, I mean, agree. I get your point. Like things need to happen in sort of a natural course of, mm-hmm. and, and eventually we'll get to a better place that's better for the environment, that's better for humans, all those things. But it's tough right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not safe in a lot of areas that used to be safe. Yeah. I think, I think the class A and new builds will be fine. I think B and C is going to really go through a reckoning. And, you know, we need new models. We need this thing to evolve. We need sustainability. We need spaces that are designed for humans and we need um, cities that are walkable. We need cities that are bikeable. We need cities that are, you yeah. know, enjoyable to go to. And there aren't a lot of enjoyable to go to walkable, lovely cities. Yep. There's often pockets of them, you know. But yeah, like downtown Austin, if you walk around right now, you just like die because it's so hot and there's not enough shade and there's not enough parks and there's not enough green space it's just incredibly unfun to walk around downtown i don't do it mm-hmm. why would i so that's just my rant on that i think it's i think ripe for disruption it's time let's reinvent our cities let's let's meet people where they're out and develop better spaces so I've asked you a lot of questions, but I left a decent amount of time for asking you, what should I have asked you, Jamie Russo, that I didn't? Oh, oh that's right. I think you warned me about this question, and I spent uh-huh. no time thinking about this. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're such a good cast prepper. What should you Well, I will give about? you an alternative, which okay. sometimes people take me up on. Okay. Which would be, take me back to 12-year-old Jamie Russo and where she was in life where you were living, what your family life was about like, and what advice you would give her. Okay, I'll take this question just because the other one is a challenging one. And I could talk to you for days. There's lots of questions I would like to ask you. And I, like our time is like already up. You know what? I will use that question to, to and relate it to today, which is that, you know, when you're 12, so I grew up on a dairy farm in upstate New York. I lived in the middle of nowhere. More, Did our, you know I was born in upstate New York? Have we ever talked about that? Must I don't think so. Where? Binghamton. No, you know what? We totally have because I grew up an hour north of there. But Binghamton is okay. also kind of in the middle of nowhere. But the university yeah, there actually has a really good reputation. It's a state. It's a state school, but pretty well. I, we interviewed somebody the other day who who had graduated from there. But anyway, in the middle of nowhere, no, there was no traffic lights in my town. There's still no traffic light in my town. The school's wow. all like one. Yes, mm-hmm. they're all. If you had imagined, if I had imagined when I was, tw- I did not know what the, first of all, there was no co-working, right? And so when you're right. 12, when we think about what's possible, I guess it's different today. There was no internet when I was 12. <laughs> not oh, wow. Break, 12, right? No, there was no inter- internet when you were 12 either. I mean, not. No. Right. I mean, I think our computer labs were starting to get computers. That was early days. But you cannot, you, Liz Elam, maybe can predict the future, but. We, in general, cannot, uh, like, sort of forecast the dots that will get connected in our life. Uh-huh. And I think for people listening to this who are in co-working, are entrepreneurs, are starting spaces, I'm a, an Enneagram 3, and so I like to be very in control of things and know what's next, and I like a plan. And mm-hmm. I try to remind myself, often, you can never predict the how. 
How mm-hmm. if I how am I how do we get from one place to another? Right. It's taking your you asked me, you know, about juicy and meeting a business partner. Like mm-hmm. I sure I probably thought, oh, I'd like to have multiple locations, right? I knew the what, mm-hmm. not know the how. But you have mm-hmm. to do things in life that create different hows, right? The people mm-hmm. you meet. So you have to just you have to be active and do things and go places and and meet people and just keep putting one foot in front of the other and have faith that the how will present itself. And I think, you know, when I, you know, growing up in the middle of nowhere with no concept about, you know, what was possible in the world, even if I would go to college, I mean, I just, kids in my school didn't go to college. They still don't, but I did. And here I am. And I never would have imagined, right? But mm-hmm. I feel like that's almost the case every year in my life. Like, Mm-hmm. How, you know, you can plan, but you don't necessarily know the how. You have to think about, like, what do I want? And then how is it going to show up? And so to mm-hmm. go back to your quick question, you know, I've told the story before, but pro- not on your podcast. Yeah, I went to a juicy conference and I went to some, I don't know, early event and I was standing around. <laughs> In the early days when I didn't know everyone, now I know everyone. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know everyone at Juicy, which I, you know, love. You the, this event this year, I'll, I I should congratulate. I'm going on a tangent, real quick tangent. That's okay. Yeah, your events have just. I mean, they get better every year, and oh, I mean, thank you. really phenomenal event. The people you put in, in in a room, not just the amazing speakers, but the real operators that come mm-hmm. together, the connection, the venue. I mean, it's just such a. It's a real all star event. Yeah, uh, from this a, year, I did attendee. I mean, and the experience. It's just. Really, thank you. I felt like it was where I felt like it was the like crescendo of year of, you know, over 10 years of work where we were finally able to bring together the biggest operators in the world with the smallest operators in the world and that everybody was welcome. Everybody was in the room and it it just it felt really good. It was a really great event. I have no idea what I'm going to do next year, but good luck with that, Liz. Yeah, we'll one up it somehow. Sure, I'm working yeah. on it. <laughs> totally. But anyway, one of my house, you know, came to fruition at Juicy and I met Scott Chambers and the Pacific Workplace team, like totally serendipitously. I laugh about that. And Laurent is on a panel that I'm moderating coming up soon. Like, again, you just never know how people are going to show up in your life. But going to things like Juicy and going to conferences, mm-hmm. and you're, I mean, that's my story, but I hear those stories all the mm-hmm. time about about events. So anyway, I'll take your 12-year-old question and just say, like, you never know and just keep doing the next thing and enjoy the ride. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I'll and I and I heard several things in there. First of all, I'd like to just correct futurists are not oh they're not predicting the future. They're forecasting it. Oh, so just FYI without that's a, okay. And then what I heard was you need to be open to new possibilities early on, really clear concentrate on your numbers, which I know wasn't what you were telling a 12-year-old, but it's, it is really important. Yep. And then, you know, you're not going to find opportunity in a silo. You got to get out into the world. You got to meet new people. You've got to network. You've got to go to events. You've got to get out of your comfort zone because nobody knows what's going to happen, right? And just being open to what the universe has to deliver and staying present, I think is also really, really important because, you know, I heard something recently that I thought was really amazing. It said, if you're living in the past, you're living in fear. And if you're living in the future, you're living in anxiety. So just stay present and be happy. Yes. 
<laughs> and like, but there's just so something to just really, you know, being where your feet are and doing what's in front of you and knowing that things are going to work out and that you need to get out of your comfort zone sometimes to find new opportunities. And, you know, that's, you know, one of, I would have never thought I would be where I am today. I definitely thought I was going to be a business person. I definitely knew I wanted to travel the world. I didn't know I would create a conference. Like how that would manifest. (laughs) Right. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I never, yeah. And, you know, it's like, it's so great because like next week I'm in Toronto. In November, I am in London. At the end of November, I'm going to be in Porto, Portugal speaking. Like, it's so fun. I love it. It's like, let's get on a plane and go. So, yeah. Right. What's well, the next? Jamie, what's create? what's the next juicy after the UK? Is it back to the US again? Back to the US in April. Okay. Yeah, we don't have a location yet. It's you know we're slated for the East Coast, um, but we haven't nailed it down quite yet. But we are definitely looking at April and definitely East Coast. Perfect. Yeah, and we'll see you there, Jamie Russo. I will be there, number eleven, I guess. Yeah, we'll have to, at least we'll do an official official count. Yeah. Well, I've got to get you international too. You need to pop over. Oh to my London. god, I'm dying. I know. I we're going to London for family a family trip over Thanksgiving. Otherwise, I am so interested in what's happening in London. I will get to a juicy UK maybe next year. Um, Okay. I mean, I'd also love to Australia, all of them. I would love to do all of them. Yeah, yeah. UK is amazing. It's such a mature market. And you yeah. are going to just, it's so weird to walk down the street and you're like, oh, there's Fora. Oh, there's Spaces. Oh, there's the Ministry. Oh, there, there's so many co-working spaces. It's such a dense, amazing market. Oh, I'm so glad you're going to get over there and see some of it. Yeah. But thank you again, my friend. I love knowing you and we've been friends for so long and you just make it really easy to be your friend. Oh, Liz, thanks for having me. And right back at you. All right. Have a great day. You too. Take care, y'all. And we'll see you on the next Juicy Podcast. Mm-hmm.